you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. And keep it up for a second. I can do what it says. I can have what it says, right? And so notice even there, we're painting a picture. Don't allow yourself or your family or your block or your neighborhood to miss it because you don't have to miss it. If you'll open your Bibles to John chapter 1, that's where we are today. John chapter 1, no surprise, after 11 weeks so far, this is week number 12 in John, and um, it's always a delight to see. I was like, I've read this thing so many times, and then the Lord keeps bringing new insight, new wisdom, and for today, a brand new fresh word for us, isn't God good? Amen. And so do I have a child who has John chapter 1 ready that wants to read two verses for us? I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Now who is talking? We heard Will uh, go over... A few scriptures before this, all the way up through 34. But we want to focus on 33 and 34 particularly today. And so who is speaking? John, which John? John the Baptist, that's right. And so, I want to ask you a question. Children, I'm going to come around with this microphone and I want you to know. Because if you were paying attention last week, who was here last week? Did John the Baptist know Jesus? Hold on. Did John the Baptist know Jesus? Yes. Yes. Because Will told us that in the Spirit, the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb. There was a knowing. There was something that was going on. There was a knowing somehow. But let me ask you this question. Did John the Baptist know Jesus? Well, an adult has it. Not in the flesh. Not no. in the flesh, no. So... What's it? See how I did that? No matter what answer you gave, you're going to be a winner. Um, John the Baptist did not know Jesus. They're cousins. How do we know that he didn't know him? Because he said it in, in what? That's right, in the Bible. That's right. I did not know him. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And here's John with... The, let me just get in the notes. We, we know that even though they were cousins, they weren't close. He wasn't familiar with Jesus. He had no earthly knowledge of his divinity or call. John knew, though, that someone was coming soon to the forefront. I mean, his language says that, hey, this is happening. we got to prepare. we got to get ready. Because there's someone among you already. They already is my word. But there is someone among you. Doesn't, doesn't he say that? Let's just find it real quick. Let's just find it real quick. 
In John 21, sorry, John 1, verse 26, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. I did not know him in verse 31. I did not know him in verse 33. We always think that, you know, well, they're family. Can't live too far apart. They got to get together sometimes. But I don't know about your family, but it's been a long time since I've seen mine. Oh, the iPad doesn't like it. It's been a long time since I've seen some of my family. Who else? Who else is like me? A little distance, right? There's some people that you have not seen. Maybe some people born you have not met, right? And so, yeah, in one sense, we're clear that John knew the Messiah in the Spirit. In another sense, we're pretty confident that he did not really have a relationship with him on the earth until this point. He didn't know that this person, this someone who was coming that was close, that was among them, was Jesus. Didn't know it, but he would find out, wouldn't he? Uh, <laughs> how interesting that last night I, I watched this documentary about Whitney Houston. Anyone else love Whitney Houston like I do? All right, thank you. How will I know if he really loves me? Right? I say a prayer with every heartbeat. Do you remember? I am in no way as good as Whitney Houston. But how will I know? Whitney asks. And it's a good question. It is a good question. John had been given some sort of description, hadn't he? Some sort of instructive insight into how he would determine who this fellow is. He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John testified, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him in verse 32. Does that sound like it fits the criteria? Does that sound like it's exactly what God said? When this happens, you'll know the guy. And then John said, this happened. I must know the guy. Amen. I know who it is. I know who this Jesus is, this Messiah is. Who gave the description to John before it happened? Because we, we know it wasn't Jesus. He didn't know Jesus yet. Jesus, if it was Jesus, that would have been setting up a spectacle or a farce, Right? Hey, John, check this out. Check, check this out. Cause what we're going to do is we're going to do this. I'm going to come up and it's like, you're going to pretend like you don't know me. And then what we're going to do is you're going you're gonna to baptize me. And then we're going to have like a whole show. It's like, ah, I should be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And then like, it'll really like sell it. We'll sell it to the people. That would have been a farce. That would have been a lie. That would have been a deception. So it wasn't Jesus who set this up. But John somehow knew from somebody who knew. Amen. See, sometimes when you go slow and you walk through these scriptures, oh, insight comes to life. John didn't know Jesus yet. So someone told John what to look for. Someone prophesied to John in advance. Someone miraculously told John the future. Isn't that true? You're going to see something, and when you see it, because it hasn't happened yet, but it's in the future, Right? When you see this, then you'll know. Interesting. And it's the same one who prophesied about this event 
the same one sent John to baptize. So here's the question. This is for anybody. Who sent John to baptize? Raise your hand and I'll come around to you. Adults, who sent John to baptize? Uh, Coming in the back. Oh, do we have this microphone on, Brian? Uh, I appreciate you running that camera. Brian's doing double duty. We get this microphone. Who, who did? The Holy Spirit. There you go. God somehow did this. And we know that God is in three persons. The Trinity, we call Him. So when God says to John, look, you're going to see the Spirit, you're going to see my Spirit descend. I don't know how that dynamic works exactly. It's very complicated. But God, we can be sure that this wasn't some human telling John, this is going to happen, we're set this thing up. This is a divine thing that has happened, a miracle that's happened. So he said, the criteria are this. Number one, the Spirit is going to what? Descend. And number two, the Spirit is going to stay there. Yeah, that's right, remain. Amen. So who knows? And that's a clear picture that Jesus didn't have like a Holy Spirit moment. Jesus was now filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And that's when his ministry started. Amen. This is a beautiful picture of the Trinity. God the Father sending God the Holy Spirit to descend and remain on God the Son. I love portions of Scripture like this. Paints a clear picture. So if this is the Son of God, and incidentally, God the Son, I, I'm, I'm adopting that language, I'm taken to it. God the Son. Because we say the Son of God all the time, right? But that kind of sounds like, eh, you're getting like less than. It's not true. You're not getting less than in either of the three persons of the Trinity. So God the Son, equal. What should, if this is God the Son, what should that prompt in every single one of us individually? Let me walk around and let's just take a moment with this. If this is God the Son, filled with the Holy Spirit, what should that prompt in us individually? Because we know that John has been given this sign. He's out there doing, doing what he's supposed to be doing because this Messiah is coming. What should it prompt in each and every one of us individually? The need to be baptized. Okay, that's good. Need to be baptized. I can buy that. What else do you think, Will? Well, the need to have the Holy Spirit upon us. Need to have the Holy Spirit, yeah. Jesus is Jesus the one. You need to have Jesus. You need to, <laughs> it it. need to have Jesus. And you need to have Jesus. That's good. Yeah. The desire to be obedient. The desire to be obedient. Is that enough? Is the desire to be obedient enough? No, we okay. must do. There you go. Yeah. We so you, must do. There you go. Yeah. We must do. Be obedient. And then and that's <laughs> even Pastor Jennifer was saying it, you know, we come to Jesus, hear his sayings and do them, and even that may not be enough if you do it with the wrong heart. Right? So as much as we like to hang our hat on that scripture and it's like, hey, it, well, it's almost that's why we have the whole gospel. The full gospel. We have the rest of the Bible too. And we don't just cherry pick and say, well, this is the one, right? Somewhere you're going to see someone not allowing women to minister and you're like, well, that's it. You know, it's like, 
that one place. What about all the rest of the scripture where women are ministering? You know what I'm saying? And so we don't just cherry pick and make one doctrine out of one scripture. No. What does the whole Bible say? And so it's like, yeah, come to Jesus, hear his sayings, and do them, and you're going to have solidity. And if you do it with the right heart, that's the, that's the key. And I know that even when we were, I'm sorry, I'm down here on the ground. Even when we were receiving our offerings this morning, I was feeling that in my heart as well. At least when we were just talking about this the other day, it was like, somehow I have gotten all excited about tithing. I've gotten somehow in my life excited about bringing 10% the first 10% of my income to the Lord and not spending it on myself. Somehow I've gotten excited about that, but it doesn't make any sense on this earth, does it? 10% and you're excited about it? Just giving it away. Well, I'm not really giving it away. I'm returning it to the one it belongs to who told me it belongs to me and don't rob me by keeping it, right? And so it's like, yeah, I gratefully, happily, cheerfully do that. The Lord loves a... Cheerful giver. Don't do it out of compulsion. I know that's taken in my life. And so I'm not only doing it, but I'm doing it the right way. I'm doing it with the right heart. That's amazing to me because let me tell you who I was before. I was a God robber. Robber. Robber? 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 I robbed God before in my life. Is anyone willing to say that that was you? At some point in my life, I was robbing God. Like, I didn't want to say it like that. I would say, I just, oh, I, no, I don't tie. I would put in a fiver here and there. <laughs> oh, fooling myself. That, that's ludicrous, right? Thank God oh, that you are real and that you move us and you bring us from glory to glory. You know, I don't know what that glory was, but it was like way down there. And he moved me up. Praise God. All right. Uh, Remember verse 6? There was a man sent from God whose name was John. See, this is how we know that God sent John. Because the Bible tells us. Verse 6, way back weeks ago, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. So John the Apostle is now recounting the story of John the Baptist. In verse 33 it says, But he, God, who sent me to baptize with water, said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So I synthesize it this way. I condense this whole thing in this way. God sent John to baptize with water and how to recognize the Messiah. Easy as that. So, I want, to, I want to put up a picture. It's our four-square picture. And so if we can put that on the screen, I'm going to come around and I'm going to ask anyone who might know what these four squares mean. Linda, I know I can rely on you. You'll be, you'll be my safety in the pocket, but, but don't give it away. We're going to put this, this screen up. And uh, it's the four squares, because we're the International Church of the Four Square Gospel. That's our denomination, okay? That's our affiliation. And we read the scriptures and we say, okay, yeah, everything in there we're about, you know? And so when, when Jesus says, do this, we do that. And we says, don't do this, we don't do that. And, and, all that. and so there are ways that we think about Jesus. And so that, that picture that is there on Planning Center will be, that'll be your, your, your tip there. Uh, it was with the, the graphic and the message notes and such, and so we're going to try to put that on the screen. Does anyone remember the four squares? Do you remember the pictures that are in the four squares? Someone's got someone. There's an easy one. What 
What's a picture? What do you think is one picture that would be something that we really focus on in our church? Any, any guesses? A Bible? That's a good guess. The Holy Spirit? That's a good guess. I've, I've never seen the Holy Spirit. So that's a hard to draw. That's hard to draw. Oh, fire. That's a good, hey, that's a good guess. Okay. All right, Christian, I'm going to come back to you. Because we're trying to get this picture on the screen, I'm going to take some time here. God. God. Well, no one has ever seen God. We read a few weeks ago, so that's hard to draw, right? Um, Jesus. Okay, Jesus. We could draw Jesus. Now, this is really all about Jesus, and so this is different facets of Jesus. So we didn't just do like a picture of Jesus, you know, because sometimes they get that wrong, right? And so now that we have it on the screen, now it's like the game is over, right? Okay, so now here's what we're going to do. What The cross, the chalice, the dove, and the crown. Okay, what does this mean? This is four aspects of Jesus, four roles of Jesus. Jesus the... I'm sorry, who's... Uh, hold on. Helen, was that you? Was it? No, don't you lie to me in church. <laughs> The Savior. Jesus the Savior. That's right. In square number one. Jesus the Savior. Okay, now. Upon whom you see the dove descending and remaining upon him. Am I still in the shot, by the way? Online, we want to make sure that the people aren't like, someone find me in the camera, please. We're going to do this. We're going to make sure that I'm always visible. Whoever's preaching is always visible because we love you online. (laughs) We we don't want to forget you. And so number two, in that top right square, there's a chalice. Upon whom you seeing the Spirit descending and remaining on. This is He who what? Jesus the what? Some, someone. No, we already got Savior with number one on the cross. Number two is. What does the Scripture say? This is He who what? Hold on. What does it say? Show me. I'm trying. You got that Holman Christian Standard Bible. Okay, say it. Baptizes with the Holy Spirit. There it is, right from the Scripture, right? So Jesus, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. That's not even the right one. That's the healer. I apologize. The Spirit one is the the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. The healer is the second one. And the crown is the... Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah, but Pastor David, I like he said, Jesus is coming soon, coming soon. You better get ready. All right, so... He's not only the king, but when's he coming? Soon. The soon coming king. Amen. I feel like I want to do that whole section over just to like, you know, edit it together and make it right. But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let you see my flaws. The savior, the healer, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit and the soon coming king. These are our four squares. Got ahead of myself. I'm all excited about the Holy Spirit baptism. Number 33 in in that verse, he said, He who sent me said, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 32, just before that, he says, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. Are we seeing a pattern? Teacher say, student do. (laughs) Right? And then, so it's 33, 32, 34. Did you get that? 33, 32, 34. He who sent me said, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. 
And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God. So what is to be done about this? Because this is God the Son with evidence now. And we all know it now. So what? Who cares? What's the big deal? Is that our posture? Oh, that's nice. That's nice, preacher. Jesus came on the scene, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's nice. Is that our response? No. No. That can't be all. This has to affect us. This has to cause us to do something. So let's look at John's life as you consider your life. And, and please, like as, a, as a practice, consider your life. Not someone sitting next to you. Not someone across the room. Not someone on the other side of the couch. Right? Let's, let's think about, okay, for me, Lord, God told John about the Messiah and gave him work to do because of it. Can we all agree that that's accurate? All right. So now picture you're John. And you're probably saying to yourself, look, I might have just chosen something else for my life. I might have chosen something more fun or more profitable or that gave me more family time. I mean, particularly if John didn't like hang out with his cousin, right? I might have chosen something that family was together more. That's kind of a big deal. I might have chosen something with more security or more power or fewer locusts. Hello? If it was up to me, I might just have chosen something else. But he who sent me said, this is how you'll know him. But he who sent me said, his work will be to baptize with the Holy Spirit. But he who sent me said, your work will be to baptize with water for repentance from sins. He who sent me said, your work will be staying watchful until you see him. The one who sent me said, your work is to tell people about Jesus taking away all sin. But he who sent me said, your work is to cry out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. This message is called, but he who sent me. But he who sent me. Who knows, it's easy to get co-opted in someone else's mission. Easy. If, if, you, don't, if you don't know who you are, trust me, there's someone who's going to tell you. And you don't, you don't want to embrace all their opinions. Isn't that true? Some people have good things to say about you. You're a woman of God. You're a man of God. You have a destiny. You have authority. You have strength. Be bold and very courageous. You have a promised land. Amen? Other people, not so much. Who's ever had someone prophesy some negative garbage over your life? Okay, so it's not just me. I'm sorry. That shouldn't have happened. But it does. And so we need to be ever more vigilant to say, God, what do you say? Because he who sent me says some things. He who sent me has said things for all of us. He who sent me has said things about me. And you can say the same thing. He who sent me, come on, say it. He who sent me has spoken. 
And I'm interested in that. See, he who sent you has said something to you, not just to me. He said to all of us, go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey me in everything. Right? You can't make a disciple if you're not a disciple. I, I, I cannot make you a chef. I cannot help you help me by you making chicken enchiladas for me to eat. I don't have a clue how to do that. I rely on people around me who love me, <laughs> who, who sometimes make me chicken enchiladas. Praise the Lord. I thought we would get like lots of amens on that because, amen, amen. hallelujah, <laughs> at least in our house, right? It's good. Um, we've had some people over and serve chicken enchiladas, so I'm trying to share. But I cannot make you a chef. Why? Because I am not in any way, shape, or form a chef. I know nothing. I, I, can, I can work cereal pretty well. Pretty even, pretty successful on that every time. Sandwiches, I'm all right. But like then, like some people bring me toasted sandwiches from time to time. I'm like, oh, what's this? I, I, I think this is about my limit. I, th I think we've just, just crossed over my limit at the toasted sandwich. So <laughs> I remember one time we were, we were going to, I had a friend staying over and we were going to surprise my parents, you know, and we we're going to make them breakfast, you know. And so we were like, hey, let's do French toast, right? So, do you remember this, mom? And so we got a whole loaf of bread. And we toasted all the, all the toasts. And then we're like, now what? What makes it French? Yeah. So we just had a loaf of toast. Oui, oui. Monsieur, madame. I am not a chef. I can't make you into a chef. But I am a disciple of Jesus. So I can make you into that. That's what I'm meant to do. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That the man, that the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That it's you leaving this place, leaving your homes, leaving your screen, and saying, now, who needs to hear this, Jesus? Who needs to receive this life? I can do that because I am that. But you can't make someone something that you're not. What do you know, right? At that point, what do you know? If you want to love Jesus and do what He says, make disciples. So if you love me, keep my commandments. The greatest of those is go make disciples. Baptize them and teach them to obey everything else too. If you want to love Jesus and do what He says, you make disciples. Step one is get discipled. If you know in your heart, you're like, yeah, I don't know enough about Jesus. I can't really defend my faith when people ask me these hard questions. I get tongue-tied. I get scared. I get nervous. I can't. When I start talking about it, I'm not even convinced anymore. Hello? I think we've all been there too. I've been trying to explain this or that. I'm like, well, I don't, you know what? I've, I've reached the end of me. I've toasted the toast. I, and incidentally, I know now that's not even how you make French toast. You don't toast it. You throw it in some eggs, right? Okay. See, 
I said to verify, because I am not that. All right. So you have to get discipled. But what do we do here? Thank you, Jacob. One person knew. What do we do here, folks? No, until everyone says that we're not leaving this room. No. <laughs> Come on. What do we do here? Make disciples. No, no, that, well, that was too many words. <laughs> no, we make disciples. So when we say join OSL, Operation Solid Lives, it's not because we're trying to be like, you know, come to hear, come to hear me speak more. <laughs> it's no, so that you can have the life that Jesus has intended for you. It's so that you can do the work that he's given you to do. The one who sent you has something for you to do, and maybe it's not playing video games all day. Maybe. Right? Maybe it's not going to every birthday party of everyone that you've ever met. Right? Maybe sometimes it's reading your Bible. Maybe sometimes it's prayer walking. Maybe sometimes it's getting on a serving team. Maybe it's sometimes it's visiting someone in the hospital, laying hands on them and declaring healing because you've been given it to give. Amen? See, the, all these things, how, how would we know? We've been given instruction. So if you want to obey Jesus and show Him you love Him, you've got to make disciples. And step one is be a disciple yourself. And in OSL, what do we say in orientation every time? Uh, the root word for discipleship is discipline. discipline. From the 12-year-old in the front row. Thank you. Right? No one likes discipline at the time. But afterwards, when it yields this harvest, you're liking it then. Amen. Discipline, you've got to like want it. And, and so it's like, it's kind of the most manly thing you can do, right? You think you get in the, in the military and you go through boot camp and all that stuff. That's got to be hard, I imagine. It doesn't look fun, right? But you go through it and you're, you get disciplined and you get hardened and you get so stripped down of all your nonsense and your silliness and, and you're built back up with strength. Amen. So join OSL. We have level one coming up. We, all, we always have level one coming up. So whenever you're watching this, there's a level one coming up. And we want to teach you exactly who you are and why you are who you are. Because God loves you. Amen. So you get discipled by joining OSL. Keep coming to services like you do. Every Sunday we're supposed to be together. Serve on a serving team. I like how Pastor Jerry had said, I'm going to use this wall as a prop. He said, when, when, you're, when you go to church, you got a hand on the rock wall. And then when you get on a serving team, then you got, your, you got a foot on it. That's, that's okay. That's pretty good. You got two, you know. And then when you join OSL, you got this third hand on it. Now you're pretty secure, right? Now you're pretty secure. Amen. So the, the more contact points that you have, the more solid your life is. Amen. That's what we're trying to do here. And so I know that's pretty basic, right? Not flashy, just what it is. Step number two from following Jesus in these ways, you know, maybe I would say the, the other foot is just read your own Bible. How's that? Read your own Bible every day and that'll build tremendous strength. Did I tell you this uh, statistic? It was those who read their Bible at once a week consistently like every Monday, let's say, right? I'm, I'm in my Bible. I spend time in the Word. Negligible effect on their life. And those people who increase it to two days a week, every week, two days, negligible effect. And then those who kick it up to three days a week, almost no effect, negligible. 
those who have four days a week in the Word, the sky's the limit. All of a sudden, there's a huge turnaround. I set you up on that, didn't I? There's a huge turnaround at day four, and I don't know exactly why it is. I didn't do the study, but the study came out. My, here's my imagination. We got seven days in a week, right? Is three at least half? Is four? Yeah. So when you're saying, I'm not having an idol for the use of my time and anything else, but I'm, I'm definitely giving more than half of my time to the Lord, in, in a manner of speaking, maybe that's just the reason. We've got to make the Lord a priority, the priority in our lives. And so we read our Bibles every day, seven out of seven. Amen. For this reason. And so the step number two, if you want to love Jesus and do what he says by making disciples, you got to be a disciple and then you have to share what you, learn, what you learn and what you now know with other people. Invite them to whatever class you're taking. Invite them to whatever service you're going to. Invite them to come and pray and walk your neighborhood or walk theirs with them and pray and declare blessing. Walk the school and pray and, and get this weird curriculum out. Who knows that there are states changing their view on some of the curriculum things that have been entering. And, and <laughs> Jacob keeps me well updated on this during the week. I appreciate that. No, but it's really good because there are a couple really huge issues in our schooling, in our education right now, federally, that are really disconcerting. And so, who knows that prayer is changing things. And will continue to change things, even in inside California, if we will pray. What? Is the, is the Lord's arm too short where He cannot reach? Has it been shortened somehow? And He can't reach all the way to California? He can, he can get it happening in Texas and wherever else, but He can't help it. California? No. He can fix California and the public education. Hmm. The end. But look, when you, when you walk alongside some, with somebody, you, you journey with them on their spiritual journey, that's helping to make disciples. You don't have to teach an OSL class to be discipling. No. You disciple someone by living life together. You invite them over, you listen to some Christian music, you know, you listen to some other music, and you say, hey, this is, this is applying to this, and this is applying. Does anyone ever do that? You're like, that feels like Peter. You know, or you're watching some non-Christian movie, it's like, you know who I see, right? It's like, I see Jesus. Um, it's just walking through life with people. So it's all of it, and that's what I'm calling you to do. Helping them be accountable to this very thing that we're all accountable to. Because one day, we're going to stand there, and we're not going to be able to say anything. The books have already been written of everything you've ever said, and everything you've ever done, and every disciple you ever made or didn't make. And Jesus would be looking at you like, wait, I thought I sent you and told you, commanded you, that you made disciples. What did you do with all that life that I gave you? Nothing? John Piper has a, a way better presentation of this, you know, I think it's called Don't Waste Your Life, and it's very inspirational. But for me, I don't feel like I can receive those things. I don't feel like I can just be like, hey, la-di-da, you know, uh, his sermon was good, but it's like, hey, well, you don't want to waste your life, you know, <laughs> and like, go do that. I, I just feel like I got to tell you, don't get there before the books that are already written, and, and you don't have a chance to write something in. There's no footnotes now. What you do now matters. And Jesus said, you go make disciples. 
and you got to baptize some people. And you have to teach them everything else I'm commanding them. I'm always broke. Oh, I don't want you to be broke. I don't want you to, to miss your bills. Are you tithing? Ask him a hard question. Are you giving the first 10% of your in- income to the church that you go to regularly and that the Lord receives it there? No. Oh, sweetheart, no wonder. The Dems is the rules, right? There's, there's a way that you get the blessing of God. If you're, if you're holding it back up here, it can't get to over here. This is where you are. This is where you need it. Unkink the hose. Just, just start tithing, right? Hey, I'm, I'm always sick. Hey, have you, have you prayed about you know, getting God's healing over your body? No? Oh, sweetheart. The Lord has healing for you. He, he went around in a circuit teaching and preaching and healing, and everyone who He healed, God healed. There's no one that didn't get healed that He healed. Right? And whenever Jesus like, tried, He accomplished it. And we have the same spirit. Like, and you start, you start laying out the Scriptures and teaching them, hey, can we pray right now? Maybe you see their eyes light up. Maybe I can be healed. Yes! That's what I'm talking about. And then you pray and all of a sudden they get healed. Is this what your life looks like? Because it should. You know why? He who sent me told me. In the last minutes that we have together, I'm going to try to squeeze a quick lab in here. All right? So we're going to lab it up right now. So he who sent you said, follow me and make disciples, which means become a disciple and make other disciples. And a disciple is a a disciplined follower of Jesus in our context, right? John had his disciples. We'll talk about that later in another, another Sunday. But a disciplined follower of Jesus, that's our discipleship. So he who sent you has said something to you individually, because we've already gone over the everyone makes disciples things, right? Can we all buy it? Are we all clear that we're all meant to make disciples, anyone who calls himself a Christian? You're all supposed to actually make disciples. Okay, now let's just be real, real together. What has God sent you to do with your life? But he who sent you said to you what? Who wants to be brave? I know there are some people who know what their life is meant to be about. Laura? But he who sent you said, I'll hold it. Okay. Uh, to be a pastor. To be a pastor? Just so everyone, you know, gives you greetings in the marketplace and no. loves to hear your prayers and why? No. To make disciples. To make to, disciples? To raise up, to be there, to pour into people, to uh, further the kingdom. Aha. Uh-huh. And I like what you said, to be there. See, some people think about pastoring. And, and they, they may think, oh, there's so much honor and glory in it, and it's, it's so easy and everything. And it's like, yeah, but what about the being there at the bedside? What about being there at the graveside? What about being there at the, with all the tears? See, some things I don't even want to say. Does that make sense? Marshall. But he who sent you has said what? He wants you to be that light. Be that, what light? That attracts people so that you can explain to them what that light is in. So somebody sees the way I live, they're curious, why, why is he always so happy? You know, stuff like that, and then they ask. Yeah. So that gives you the opportunity. 
Opportunity be, to what? To be the light to tell them about it. About, about what? Jesus. About Jesus. Yes. Amen. Yes. And Jesus did this for me. And they see it because who doesn't want to be around Marshall? Heck of a guy. It's my brother. I love him. Somebody else. What, what has God told you? I know that there are people who know. Helen? I, I believe that we just need to be instant all the time. Like it could be the person in front of you that needs a hug. It could be something, just like you said, it's, you know, it could be sitting with someone, uh, holding their hand or something like that. So to me, it's listening to the Holy Spirit Amen. all the time. Listening to the Holy Spirit all the time and, and being act, ready. Being ready to act on whatever you, you know, he's leading you to do. So to in what end? season and out of season. In season and out of season. When yeah. you feel like it and when you don't particularly feel like it, you're still ready, mm-hmm. still willing to be obedient. Amen? Mm-hmm. Because, and, to yeah. what end? Um, just to encourage them but lead them to the Lord if they don't know the Lord, but also just to encourage them. There's so many people that are hurting that it's like you just need to come back and know that be steadfast in the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love your heart too. Ah, Helen. So good. And who knows that people hurt? Is that true? And who knows that people hurt for good reason? Is that true? Who knows that people hurt for bad reason? That's true too. And some people get themselves into their own mess. Some people have gotten into the mess by someone else. What, it rains on the just and the unjust. We live in this fallen, broken world, and things happen, and sometimes they're seeing it wrong, whatever. It's still hurt. They're still hurting. So that's still a problem, right? We've been sent with solutions, antidotes, a balm. Let's heal. Do you, you feel like you, you know what he who sent you is said to do with your life? To spread the gospel, to go out and spread the gospel to, to people, to invite them to church to, so that they can be served Jesus as their personal savior. Come on. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. And, and to do that, you have to be willing to speak. You can tell by the volume in the microphone he's willing to speak. I like that. Jacob, do you feel like the one who sent you said what? Lead by following him and being able and boldly speaking truth no matter the situation. Amen. Follow me as I follow Christ. And at that boldness, you know, there are some people who are meant to lead with that boldness, maybe more on the aggressive, on the assertive, on the attack, right? The kingdom, up to now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. And then there are others who are not meant to do it that way. Amen? Praise God for those people, too, because you imagine all of us coming at you like this. That's a lot. I get it. Someone else. Did you have a hand up over here? Yes. Cheryl, but he who sent you has said, Listen to me and do what I tell you to do. <laughs> Amen. And, um, on Friday, I had a woman at my house, and she, we were talking, and I just felt led to share with her a, a testimony, you know, how God had led me, and, and I had, um, she said, with the way she said it, it's like, you told him what you needed, and he worked with you. And she said, you know what? She said, I was trying to figure that out today, and you said exactly what I needed to hear. And I was like, praise God, because that was straight from God. Amen. Amen. Now, how does it come from God? This is instructive. This is, a, this is the lab, right? This is where we pour the chemicals together. And 
the thing starts overflowing and you know you did the thing right. All right. How, how do you know that it was from God? Um, I don't know how I know. Well, because it answered her question, number one, if, if, because he, he knew I had an, um, a situation that had happened that, mm-hmm. that would respond to what she was questioning. Mm-hmm. And so he put it in my heart to share that. And I kind of was like, why am I telling her this story, you know? And, but it was like, no, I need to share this story with her. And so I did, and then she was. She almost started crying. She was like, "I, I was thinking about this all morning, trying to figure this out. Does God actually work with me?" And and you know, and yes, yes, you gave me the proof. I love it. And, and now there's evidence following. And who, who is not going to respond when God shows up in your situation that doesn't have to do anything with like the Bible? I can't find this in the Bible. I just am, I'm a mess, or whatever. I'm hurting or I'm going through this situation. And it's not like it said something about the IRS in the Bible specifically. Or it didn't, you know, I'm just making stuff up. You know, it, right? It didn't say something about workman's comp in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going through it. And someone, which brings up another point, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Thank you, Jane. It's true. So it's not just the bad, thank God. All the pastors rejoice. No, I mean, everybody, though, we're brothers and sisters together. We're in the family and the kingdom of God. We're meant to be together and, and with one another say, hey, it's going well for you. I'm rejoicing with you. It's not that great. Let's get it great. What do we have to, what do, we have to do? How does our faith have to rise? What scripture do we need to memorize? What do I need to wash you with in, with the water of the word for you to believe to get this thing to come to pass in your life? Amen. That's, this is what we're meant to do. But he who sent you has said what? Well, I feel that he wants me to help people and to tell them about him and to help them come to him. And no matter where you are, do not deny him. Just shout it from the rooftop if you have to. Amen. Amen. I love that. Help people come to Jesus, whatever that means. Because we're trying to come to Jesus, hear his sayings, and do them. Step one, you got to get there. You got to get to Jesus, help people come to Jesus. Shout it from the rooftops if you have to. Sometimes that goes against some of our sensibilities, doesn't it? It's like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we just got to wait till, I don't know, hit me on a Saturday. We're at work right now, right? Mm-hmm. Call, you know, hit me up on Facebook or something, right? If the Lord is saying go for it, go for it. If the Lord is saying go for it. I'm not saying, you know, like just, evangelize all day at work every day you need to work you know but you get a break you know talk about jesus on your break does someone else know what they've been sent to do oh linda i'm coming to you but he who sent linda has said the spirit of the lord god is upon me because the lord um has anointed me preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He's um, were to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. God gave me that verse when I was a teenager, and I felt like it was almost sacrilegious. But the Holy Spirit keeps telling me, this is what I have for you. And then uh, further in that scripture, it says, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. 
They shall rise up the former desolations, and they shall repair that ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Amen. And so I feel God has called me to help heal the broken heart and rebuild in their lives the generational curses that have been going on. And so that is what I feel God has called me to do. Praise God. Can we affirm that? That's good. Why does someone think that might have felt sacrilegious for Linda to adopt as her mission in life? Yeah, because that, that was Jesus. That was the one given to Jesus, right? He found it in, in the scroll of Isaiah and he started reading. And he read all the good parts, right? That day. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled the scroll back up, handed it back. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so it could feel like that. Oh, well, who am I? Who am I to take Jesus' mission? And do it? Well, you're not taking anything. The, the Lord gave it to you. The Lord gave it to you. And there are these things that are indelible that you feel like, I cannot run from this. I cannot ignore this. This actually happened. You ever have those experiences? Like, I, all I can say is that God told me this. And I'm going to do this as the best I can. Amen. So it is right. It is right. It's not, it's not mutually, it's not exclusive to Jesus. We, yeah, we are to do what he did. And that, yeah. Yeah. Right. When you understand God's word, it's not sacrilegious because it is unique. And as our model, Jesus is the one that's saying, hey, do what I do. Be like me. The whole gig is you become more like me. And, and so even to Marshall's point, the light. Jesus said at one point, I'm the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And then Jesus left. Right? And what did he say? Now you're the light of the world. So, Jesus is not doing that thing anymore on the earth. Someone's got to do it. It's going to be Linda. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Does anyone else have anything that they feel compelled to share? I feel like you have one. I haven't seen that hand go up. The front row is not exempt. I do know that God had called me to heal hurting hearts. And for me, the way that that particular um, gifting and calling is displayed is through working with people one-on-one -on -one that are hurting, and I lead them to Christ, and I let them know where the comfort comes from and where the answers are. Mm -hmm. And I just feel um, honored and humbled to even be in that position. Amen. I love that heart, by the way. Not just because she's my mama, but that heart of humility. It's not demanding something. This is, this is not, oh, this is not that coveted role that everyone's going to see, and, and I'm going to have all this clout. It's that people are hurting, and we just, I've been sent to help them not hurt, to restore their hearts, and to deliver them really to the lover of their souls, the one who they're safest with, and who has the plans for their best life now. Because I do believe in your best life now. I believe in it. Maybe not the way it has been presented. I don't know. I didn't read it or whatever. But I do think that God has 
made this available to us and that we're not waiting for some, we're not waiting to die and go to heaven for things to get good. Amen? Things can be good now. Things can be the best that they can be right now and all the better when you're doing the thing that he who sent me said this. Let's pray. By the way, do you like this lab kind of situation where we're just like talking about real life? This is what we do in the lab every week, by the way. And so we talk more about the the application of the Scripture because if the one who said these things to John gave him work to do, told him exactly what was going to happen, did a miracle, John was about it. Same thing for us. The Lord will tell you what's to come in your life. He may tell you very specifically, very broadly, both, either. Are you going to do it? Again, this is my Bible. God's speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. If you will... Pastor Caleb would always say, you... You can have as much of God as you want. And you do. You already have as much of God as you want. Could you get more? Absolutely. Does He want you to have more access? More of His presence? More of His blessing? More of His fulfillment? Yes. How are you going to get it? That's the lab. That's where we put it into practice and say and even this prayer and commitment time, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? What needs to shift in my life? Because I don't just go to church to hear a nice message and go home. I go to church to fellowship with my brothers and sisters, be encouraged by the word, and then get after your instruction. It's not enough to just desire to be obedient. Like Carla said, it's, it's enough to be obedient cheerfully. That's enough. Everyone from wherever you are online, in the house, just ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Speak for your servant is listening. I'm going to give you a little prompt in the spirit of this being a combined service and lab experience. If you don't know the name or names of people that you are personally discipling, if you couldn't write it down on a piece of paper right now and say, I'm intentionally discipling this person, they're receiving it, we're walking through, they're becoming more like Jesus because of my investment. That's a good place to start. Because that's, that's the all play. That's the everyone does this. Everyone who calls himself a Christian can call himself a Christian when they're making disciples.
Uh, there are some other things that I want to say. Many will say to Jesus in the last day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all this good spiritual stuff in your name? And essentially he'll be like, yeah, but I never knew you. And you can't come with me where I'm going, where I am. You can't be with me forever. Even though you did, you did this and you did that, yeah, but I never knew you. We didn't have a relationship. I just want to be, I want to be so careful that we don't become victim to legalism. Even as I talked about our Luke 6 scripture. It's not just the doing, it's the, the heart behind it that says, huh, I'm in love with you, Lord. It is my joy to follow you and to be obedient. I'm with you. If you don't have that name, I would ask the Lord for somebody. Start with one. Start with one person. Lord, give me an opportunity. Show me who I should invest in, who I should strike up a conversation with about you, who I can share these things with. I'm, I'm being discipled. Show me who I can share this with. And he will. He will. He will. And then write it down and make that call. This week. Holy Spirit, whatever you are speaking into each heart here, I declare over them the boldness, the energy, the time, the commitment, the success that you have available to them. I pray that they won't stop short in any way of finding all of that and living in the fullness of your call because he who sent us is still faithful today. He who sent us is still strong, still willing, still able, and, and still requiring of it of us. Even as Pastor Jennifer said earlier, thank you for requiring it of us. Thank you for mandating these things. Thank you for not letting me just get away with wasting my life on me and my interests. But Lord, for giving me your interests and even making them mine. We are yours and we'll prove our love to you by how we cheerfully obey you. In the name of Jesus. We all pray and commit and say, Amen. Amen.